Hi, I'm Simone W. Johnson-Smith, and welcome to the Immigrant Experience in America. Are you a professional new to the United States and struggling to monetize the expertise you brought across the seas? Are you feeling misunderstood and out of touch because you're struggling to understand the unstated rules of the American culture? Each week, we'll take an in-depth look at the positive contributions immigrants are making to the American culture, marketplace, and life. Our intention is to serve as a bridge from your culture to the American culture, giving you a roadmap of tools and the language to understand the unstated rules of the American culture. Let's get started. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Immigrant Experience in America, where we amplify and humanize the experience of immigrants in the United States. We are available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Apple, or wherever you, wherever you listen. Be sure to subscribe so that you do not miss an episode. Today, we have another lovely speaker for you. Her name is Lucy Chen. Lucy, do you mind um, sharing a little bit about yourself and welcome to the show? Yes, it's my pleasure, Simone. So my name is Lucy Chen. I'm from Beijing, China in 1994. So wow, almost 28 years ago. And now uh, I, um, I'm pretty successful, I would say. And I realized my American dream in this country. Very grateful for all of the opportunities, my friends, my mentors, my managers, and everyone. This is a great country. So not sure how much you want me to share more about my experiences in this country. Okay, well, we'll get into it bit by bit as we go along. So you mentioned you're from China. Did you come over as a, at an early age or with your parents maybe later on in life? What's the story behind that? I was 24, a year after my graduation from my bachelor's degree in Beijing. I went to a Beijing Polytechnic University studying environmental engineering. So after working for a year, I decided to come to America to continue my study. So I got accepted by UCLA to continue my master's degree in environmental consulting, or sorry, environmental engineering. So that was 1994. And I, uh, I gained my uh, degree, master's degree in 96. And then after graduation, I worked in this environmental consulting firm. It's called Ecology and the Environment for four years. I was grateful for their sponsorship and the opportunities. So I got my green card through the company. And in 2001, I switched my careers to data analytics and risk management. Um, so fast forward. 20 years after that, well, 21 years, I'm still working in the same field in financial industry. Uh, my expertise is risk management and risk analytics. So, wow. yes, so that's my sounds, story. It sounds quite brainy. <laughs> like quite, quite uh, involved, lots of numbers, and it requires a lot of energy, or maybe you're very good at numbers. 
yes. <laughs> um, I, I would say that I was uh, pretty good at the math uh, at school. And currently, of course, I look at the numbers um, every day. That's my field. So right. uh, uh, career-wise, that's kind of my story. And the personal side, I was fortunate enough to meet my husband at UCLA. Um, he's also Chinese, and he's pursuing his PhD in physics. So compared to him, I'm not that smart. <laughs> yeah, uh, we got married in 1999, and together we are raising three beautiful girls. Uh, two older ones, they already become adults. They, they, they go to college, 21 years old, 19, and the little one is 14. So um, a happy family, yes. Wow, congratulations on, on having a wonderful family and, and reaching your career goals. Yes. Can you share with us just a little bit about what, what is life like in China? Um, I've never been, many people have never been, and I know at one point we didn't have access to China. Um, yes. Can you give us a sense for when you were there up until 24, what was life like living in China? going to school, being a young girl, what was it like for you? Absolutely. So I, I like to spend a little time about my upbringing, my parents, for sure. So they build up my characters, you know, they, who I am today, of course, based on them, my right, majority. So a, a little bit about my mom. My mom grew up as an orphan because she lost both her parents during World War II. Wow. Yeah, her father joined the army voluntarily to fight the Japanese invasion of China in 1938 when my mom was just born. She was just a baby. And the, the reason that I stress, okay, voluntarily, because uh, my mother's father was the only son in the family. He oh. had to sneak out of the house and to join the army. And he was only like 17 or something at that oh time. God. So my mom had no recollection of her father, and her father never came back home because he fought for four years and he died as a hero on a battlefield in 1942. That's the most difficult time in World War II, that period, right, 41, 42. And so the same year, her mother passed away due to poverty, sickness, hunger, war, everything. My mom was only four. So she barely had any impression of her mom. Just think about it. Wow. Yeah, so she survived. She survived World War II, China's Civil War, Cultural Revolution, and more. And she's very bright, very bright. She worked hard. And she chose the hardest major in college. Guess what? Physics. Wow. <laughs> yeah, she, she's a really a tough girl. She went to one of the top universities in China and became a physicist. So she's a, such a high achiever in her field. Uh, she learned Russian in college and self-taught English in the 1980s. And um, she was a scientist. She endured many sufferings in life. And just think of about the back then. You mentioned oh, not so many people really, were, really know China's history. 
But just think about uh, 50 or 60 years ago, life was really tough, right? Um, and, and I remember clearly that we ran out of money for food many times when I was little. So, but we made it because both of my parents, they worked hard, they were really optimistic and because they were strong. So uh, my mom was the most resilient woman I've ever known. She, she's imagine, a, she's been through yeah. a lot. Right, and, and similarly, my father, my father was two years older than my mom. And guess what, my father also studied physics. So uh, they got to know each other at work and they were married and went through life's difficulties, obstacles. We're poor, right? I mean, the entire country was poor. And I remember my mom said, oh, they, they used to be only one kind of one set of clothes. If you wash, <laughs> wash during the night, the next morning you were hoping that, that it would dry, right? And then so that you can wear the same clothes to go out to work and things like wow, that. Wow, wow. Imagine that. Um, so, uh, but both of them were really, really kind. So they taught me many, uh, <laughs> uh, were built up on my characters, you know, to be strong, optimistic, never gave up, continue to learn and be kind to others. Uh, my father passed away uh, two months ago, so I'm still kind of- Oh, healing. my condolences, my condolences. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, He's really a fierce fighter at the end of his life. Uh, he had Parkinson's um, and also complications. So it, both my mom and dad were um, definitely an inspiration to me. My mom is still alive. She's 84, um, enjoying her life uh, in Berkeley here. So. Um, So coming back to your question, my upbringing and also the country. So when I was little, we were poor, like I said. Um, so we, everyone was on the, ra- the food ration, you know, like food stamps. So each yes. person had the allocation of a certain amount that you can consume, right, during the month. Um, and, and I remember my brother and I had to wait in the long line to buy meat, right, because after more than 50 cents, then it goes to on your food stamp. You, you, if you run out, you don't have the, the quota, right? So, um, and, but if you buy like say 10 cents or 20 cents, that would not count. So that means you need to wait another time, another time, right? <laughs> uh, buy once and twice and three times and things like that. And when I mentioned to my kids, um, also I mentioned, oh, I got to eat Maybe the only nutrition back then was eggs, right? You know, protein, right? Um, and then just one egg per day. Um, they, they, I mean, they, they couldn't really understand me that much. They were like, mm-hmm. okay, what, what good about eggs, right? I don't like eggs. I said, no, 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 just think about it, that. And, and my husband chimed in and said, that means your family is rich. My family, I only got to eat eggs during my, my birthday were, were Chinese festivals. I was like, what? Because she grew up in a smaller city you know, compared to Oh, them. I see, I see. You know the comparison, right? You, you really, you realize things when you compare. Otherwise, yes. you wouldn't really realize, realize that. 
your life experience. Um, so that's why when I was little, my dream career was to become a street vendor selling baked sweet potatoes or ice cream bars. To me, those were like luxury things. <laughs> okay, in China, right? Why, when yes. you were in China, right? Okay. Right. right. But China has changed dramatically for the past 30 years and is rising, right? People get richer and wealthy and everything. So it's really different now. Very different now. <laughs> right. I can imagine. Um, so I, I spoke with someone actually recently as well who was explaining to me before the Iron Curtain was lifted, right, what life was like and travel yeah. was restricted. Were you restricted at the same time with your travel? How was that for you and your parents trying to leave the country? Right. It, I think that's the period of kind of the policy opening up a little bit. Because after 1978 were the um, 80s, the 90s is relatively uh, easier. And I got my uh, acceptance by UCLA. So as many uh, other Chinese students back then, there was a peak uh, of the Chinese students coming to the US to pursue their advanced degree. For example, my husband, right? So he got a full ride scholarship. He, he's an exceptional, smart, exceptional researcher. And um, even though he, he had, um, uh, in his words, negative balance in his bank account because he had to borrow. He didn't have money to even take the GRE test, even uh, purchase the airline tickets. <laughs> uh, compared to him, I'm a little better because my family, a little richer. Uh, I didn't need to borrow money uh, and I brought my two suitcases and probably 500 US dollars starting my journey as a student. Uh, right. My tuition got covered, but I still need to work. Um, I used to work in a restaurant to earn some uh, other money. And also my parents supported me a little bit here and there. So I was able to get my degree. Um, I was really being frugal. Uh, <laughs> because of partial scholarship. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. But, did you did you yeah. all have any support system? You're in your you or your husband when you came over? Or you both were the first of your family? Uh my mom and dad back then they worked in the East Coast as a physicist. So I was fortunate enough. You know, with a family, I was uh, able to join them at the first period. Um uh, or at the beginning, but my husband didn't have any. So um, even though he was on the full ride scholarship, he mm -hmm. had to borrow and then started working in the semester. He was hoping to get it started very quickly so that he can have the money, you know? Yes, yes. Uh, and the return and the payback to his uh, cousin or relatives uh, that he, he who uh, lent him the money. So I was fortunate compared okay. to a lot of Chinese students back then. Right, right, right. Wow. So your parents were here, then you joined them to study. Do you have siblings? Did you mention any siblings? Are they yeah. here as well? Yeah, I have an older brother, three years older than me. 
Um, he currently lives in Toronto, Canada. So he and his uh, wife and kids live over there. Um, so he joined us in 1995, yeah, so a year later. And he also pursued his master's degree. Um, and then um, similar experience. So I think, uh, like my husband said, my family is really fortunate enough. You know, we have someone that we can go to. Um, and also I learned English in high school and college. So uh, even though my spoken English was not fluent enough, my reading and writing were good enough. You know, I passed the GRE, I got accepted by UCLA, right? So compared to a lot of immigrants who didn't have the English ability, um, really struggled. Right. Did you take the GRE after coming over? You took it in China so you could submit your scores in at China. the time of application. Oh, wow. Right. So, yeah, you, so that is available to you over there. Yes. Yes. TOEFL, uh, GRE, uh, so a, a lot of tests. But to us, $100, like, oh, I can't remember exactly how much, like $80 or, or something, or $100 is a lot, a lot of money. It's like a one person's salary. Wow. You know, monthly salary. Well, because back then, again, the country was poor, right? So not, right now, things are different. But back then, of course. And so that's why my husband had to borrow money <laughs> to take the exams. <laughs> right, right. And did, was this like, you know, centers throughout uh, your city that offered, you know, taking the GRE? Or did you have to connect with the U.S. Embassy or consulate to have this done? How, was, how did it operate? Um, is it through the city? There are some, uh, several spots. So it's not that difficult. It's just you, you need to apply uh, ahead of time, fill out the forms, and uh, uh, pay the money and et cetera. So it's not that difficult. Wow, that's good. That's good to know because I would never have thought that in China that something like this would be in place. But apparently things had changed um, and relations were such that... Um, they were allowing that cultural exchange, educational exchange for people to come to the United States. Right, right. They, as I said, so somewhere between the late 80s and early 90s, everything opened up. So, right. Um, really, I'm grateful for all of the opportunities. Um, yeah. Right. So what was that? Uh, you came over, you know, got accepted to UCLA. Uh, did you come in mind already knowing what you wanted to study? Did you have an American dream? Your parents are in the sciences, you know. Yeah. What was life like at that time and, and, and what were you pursuing? Right. So speaking of American dreams, definitely I wanted to work for a good company after my degree and rise to the top. Right. That's career wise. So really two parts. One is career. The other one is family. Right. So work and life. Um, and, and so I, I always wanted to uh, pursue a higher degree and also explore the world. You know, think about America. It's really um, a, a land of opportunities, a land of uh, uh, freedom, a land of uh, new technology. How exciting, right? So I always wanted to uh, come over here um, and, and be part of it, right? Right. Um, with my curious eyes. So I wanted to explore. Um, after, after my graduation, I 
um, of course, I need to get my green card. It's really difficult because as a Chinese, we have to wait for the prior, so-called priority date. It's based on your birth country, right? So it really, uh, as a Chinese, wait for a long time. Um, if you check on the visa bulletin, probably- It's can, years, decades oh my goodness, out. Yes, yeah. yes. So lucky enough, I was able to get the green card. So that's why I'm really uh, grateful for my- my first uh, company. And I always wanted to get a promotion, recognition, and also, of course, uh, make a lot of money, right, to support myself and my family. Uh, and the family side, of course, I want to get married. <laughs> and again, fortunate. Um, but of course, there are a lot of challenges, not very easy. So my life sounded so far very rosy, right, but it's not. It's just a lot of difficulties and challenges uh but not comparable to my mom and dad's you know <laughs> your poverty right. and hunger or safety and wars uh, not not that kind not that kind. Yeah. yes you mentioned that you wanted to come to the united states because of the freedom that existed here and i wonder how is the United States portrayed in China during that time? Because obviously you got a sense that it was a different world and you wanted to come to experience it. So what, what, what did you know of the United States at that time? Um, I think culture-wise, to me, just Americans represent uh, the image of freedom and people speak up and people share their thoughts. In our kind of Eastern where Asian cultures is, um, you got to listen. You got to, you don't, they don't encourage you to speak up. If you have different ideas, um, that's fine. Keep to yourself. <laughs> yeah. right. That's kind of the culture, you know, not, I'm not really taking any side on the political side. It's just the culture wise, you got to respect to your seniors in the family respect to authorities and not a whole lot of choices. You, you gotta really be the kind of uh, submissive role, right? Unless that you are in that rank, you know, people are ranked. And what I was pursuing or admired is really in America, everyone's equal. I mean, of course there are some, you know, the equality that's the issue or, or things like that, but at least people were pursuing were um, to me is a country of uh, treating people ideally equally. Right, right. Yeah. But but did you see this in movies? How I mean, how did you know life was like this on the side? I mean, prior to your parents coming over, how did you know that you 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 know? Because I'm trying to picture <laughs> a young girl yeah. in China in a very kind of a closed society. Yeah. Are there TV shows? Did you have access to some sort of internet at that time where you could get a sense, oh, this is a different world from what it is here? What, were you watching TV shows or how did you know that life was here, was like that here? Yeah, I mean, back then, of course, there's no internet, right? Internet was created where kind of a more a growing popularity in the, in the kind of 20 years ago, right? The late yes. 90s and early 2000s. So back then, uh, in, when I was in college, of course, we relied on TV, right? 
TV shows or movies and books. So like I said, it's the country back then opened up. So we got a lot of uh, good books and Hollywood movies, right? That's <laughs> so for good. Example, yeah, um, Forrest Gump. Um, wow. Uh, just a lot of movies, you know? Um, yeah, so. Uh, That's good yeah. to know because I think generally people are assuming that you guys didn't have access to like that type of media, you know, because we're thinking that you're not allowed to watch certain things, but you had access. So that's good to know. Right. Of course. Of course. And also be, being a college student, we're very um, curious about the Western world, about America, about the entire world, right? It's that age of exploring and we pay attention to the trend um, and, and what happened in the world. So, yeah. Yes, yes. So you mentioned earlier that you had some challenges during your college years and, you know, after getting over, do you, is there anything that you are able to share regarding some of those challenges or opportunities that came along to, you know, help life get, you know, get you to where you are today? Right, exactly. As I mentioned, there have been many challenges. So as an uh, immigrant and a woman, I feel that language barrier and cultural okay. barrier are the most difficult ones. Um, so say, for example, I was not confident about myself. I, probably up till now, I'm still not very confident about myself and takes a long time to fit in. Um, and I don't present my ideas effectively in public. And I don't know how to negotiate with others and how to say no. I would okay. not think that. Listening to you now, I would never have, I would never have thought <laughs> right. that. Seriously. Right, wow. right. I mean, it, maybe that's kind of a stereotype of Asians, but I was like that. I was totally like that. And I just want to focus on my hard work because I was raised that way. You, you work hard, you earn the reputation, you earn the credit instead of you self-promote. Because we, we really, in our culture, look down on self-promotion. We're like, you are not humble. You're you're just too uh, arrogant, right? That's in our culture. So in my earlier careers, I only focused on working hard, very quiet. Um, I didn't want to speak up. And even I was trying to speak up and share my idea, I got talked down. I got oh, cut off many times. Wow. wow. Yes. Not very in the work in the workplace or at school. Uh, I had a workplace. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, and so as I said that uh, maybe part of the reason was uh, bias. Um, another reason was that I was not confident in that. Um, so, uh, and also I didn't know how to ask for help. I, I just worked very hard, right? I didn't know how to request for promotion. I wasn't taught in that way. So it's a long journey. And I realized my weakness and and eventually, eventually, uh, Toastmasters helped me to gain my confidence and spirit um, and helped me to change my career trajectory and my life. Um, so it's a long journey, very, a lot of tears, per se. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You mentioned in your profile that faith is a big part of your life. Can you speak to that? Or if you are able to? Oh, yeah. I absolutely, I'm really open. I, uh, so in China, uh, there's no 
religion or kind of religion religion. So a lot of people say, oh, they are Buddhists or they uh, believe in Buddhism. Uh, but we were raised that way. There's no God. We count on our own faith. Uh, I converted, I became a Christian uh, when I was 34. So 10 years after I came to this country, um, I'm a, a, a devoted Christian. Yeah. Okay. And how did that influence your um your understanding of our culture of, um, you know, how did that help you through challenges in life? Um, so first of all, I pray every day. I have my daily devotion. I, everything is in God's hand. I believe in him. I believe in uh, his, his good plan for me, for everyone. Um, so every difficulties I pray. Um, and then I get uh, wisdom and strength. Um, and of course, uh, because being a Christian, I feel that I want to help others, um, especially uh, immigrants, especially women, uh, those vulnerable. And I want to help them. I feel that this is my mission. So definitely, it my uh, religion helped me to define my mission, my value and how I would spend the rest of my life. Yes, yes. Very good. Very good. Was there anything that you found surprising or shocking about the American culture? Uh, You came over, you know, 24, um, a young female. (laughs) Um, you know, smart, you got into uh, college and everything. Anything shocked you when you got here and you're like, wow, you know, it's a completely different world from where I'm coming from. You know, I mentioned about, uh, about the freedom, right? I, you asked me how I got to know this country uh, back then before I coming to this country. It's still shocking me. It's really shocked me when I watched the Clinton trial. <laughs> I remember back then it was um was it 96 or 97? I can't remember that period of time, right? He was being uh impeached, right? Because right, right. Yes. And, and I was like, how how loose face he would be, right? Because I was having the Chinese mindset. I was like, how can you attack your you're, you're a great leader. You're a nation leader in that way. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Humiliating. And even my boss, you know, <laughs> that kind of a level, I mean, I could not imagine, right? It's like a hu- humiliation. And, and how could people just joke about, you know, like a, a late night show, right? Saturday late night show. People yeah. were just joking and laughing at him. That's just one example. I still couldn't digest it. I was like, wow, this is America. <laughs> right, because you don't do that in China, right? That's oh, like yes. completely. No. no way. And also he survived, surprisingly. I was like, oh, if it is in China, he would definitely long before that, he would have been done. <laughs> right? mm, okay. Yeah, um, just a lot of things about um equal opportunities and um 
people are treated equally, even you are the president, and even more, right? You know, uh, President Trump, and he got <laughs> um, so joked about, right? <laughs> Many times, and it's just uh, no way in, <laughs> you know, where I grow up, <laughs> this thing would happen. It's just interesting. Um, uh, but but another really topic is race. I never really thought about because Chinese or Chinese, right? In China, people look the same or dress the same or um, not. It's never a, a big topic. Um, but here is really diversity and inclusion are, are really um, one thing. And I didn't realize that much when my kids uh, were growing up. So there are a lot of clashes. Um, and I didn't really understand their struggles, their pressure, their stress. Uh, so I wish that I could really relive those days and uh, adjust myself. So. Okay, right, right. Because there are so many different cultures. And were you, were you all in California at the time? Yes, yes. You would think California is the place that uh, so diverse, right? And so I never really uh, understand my, my kids that much um, until that they had anxiety and they had identity crisis and they cried and everything. So uh, not very easy growing up, I would say. Um, right. And not very easy parenting them. Right. How was it? Did, you, did your parents kind of um, set certain boundaries with, maintaining your Chinese culture? How did you guys balance being in such a completely different world and maintaining your roots and who you are? Uh, my parents, really, they're not really setting up any boundaries. It's just I want my kids to carry on the heritage. So we speak Chinese uh, in our home, at our home. And uh, of course, the kids talk back in English, right? Eventually, when they grow up and it's, they feel that English is much easier for them to express themselves, but uh, I want them to carry on. Um, Chinese is beautiful, you know, the, the language and the culture and everything. I want them to be bilingual um, and uh, really knows how to appreciate the culture. So, uh, um, in a way, I think uh, for now, my two oldest one, they really appreciate. Uh, because they're now they're more grown up <laughs> right 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 wonderful so do you do you have any advice that you would lend to new immigrants new residents about how to make their time here be a little bit more peaceful and have a more abundant immigrant journey yes absolutely so um in the past i did not really consider america my permanent home until I had my three girls and here and there, I still thought that sometimes I feel that I'm a, like a guest, you know, a visitor, mm. um, but they grow up here and Americans, it's the only home they've got. So they're Americans. Um, and for a long time, my mindset was that, oh, you know, that way I was probably sometime I would go back to China. But so coming back to the advice, um, my number one, advice to new, new immigrants is this is your country um, and treat it as your own, your uh, only home so that you are more confident 
you are more involved, and then you explore opportunities with your curious eyes. Um, number two is continue to learn new knowledge. For example, English, computer, financial literacy, and etc. Um, number three is give back to the community. So uh, I'm part of the American society and part of American history. So I've been very active in my uh, community, say, for example, my children's schools and church. Um, and also as a career and life coach, I'm helping my peer immigrants. Um, I want them to be successful and to enjoy the life in America. Um, so I, my advice just those three. Very good. Very good. Is there anything that you would encourage new immigrants not to say or do as a part of our new segment called faux pas? Anything that you would say, you know, stay away from expressing these words because, you know, for whatever reason, or encourage them to do because it helps them to build better rapport with people? Right. Good question. I used to ask my children what race their friends were <laughs> when they mentioned oh. when in their earlier age. They said, "Hey, I made a new friend and such and such or Rebecca." Or, so I said, "Okay, what is is she black? Is she white? Or is she an Asian or something?" That confused my kids. Oh. So then at their age, they were like, "Why is that important? I don't even know. I don't know." <laughs> I said, "Can you tell whether this person is black or white?" She said, oh, no, no, I never pay attention. So, <laughs> uh, well, maybe I'm sensitive as an immigrant, um, but America is a melting pot. doesn't matter with, with which uh, race. So race definitely is important a lot of times, but not the most important factor, I would say. So, uh, Maybe you don't want to ask your child's uh, friend's race at the first day. <laughs> right, yeah. right, 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 right. Right, can be an awkward conversation to ask, to have with someone who's new if they're, if it's not something they may want to share, right? Right, and also don't make assumptions on certain things. Let's say, for example, my kids, they are Chinese and and people would assume, oh, you're good at numbers, you're good at math, and if they get an A, their white friends would say, hey, because you had the genes. <laughs> my, my kids got so upset. They're like, I worked hard for the whole month. And then they didn't think that's my hard work. It's just my genes. Mm. So, so I guess don't assume, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Good. Very good ones. Um, so you mentioned that um, you're a life coach right? How do people find your services? Um, if you have a service that you'd like to offer and people would like to get in touch with you? Good question. So I have been coaching and mentoring uh, for free um, until this year that I really consider seriously thinking about this could be a career so that I can devote it more um, so in the past, I coached or mentored my own team, right? My direct reports, uh, the Toastmasters through different forums. Um, I, uh, my father's passing triggered me to think about life is short. Uh, what's my passion? What's my good at it? Maybe America doesn't really need another 
risk executive, but my community need me to help uh, other women, other immigrants. So I've accumulated tons of experience in a professional career, and also as a mom of three. Definitely, I can advise people. Um, I have not put full speed advertising about my business. I'm planning to launch my own website uh, while coaching several clients now, uh, maybe in a, in a couple of months. So I'm hoping through the mouths of uh, words of the mouth, I can get more clients later this year. I'm not in a hurry. Um, I'm still working full time. <laughs> uh, this is just my side hustle. Uh, I'll, I'll keep you posted. <laughs> right, right. And okay, if anybody, I suppose, who was in the area and might want to contact you for services, I know you're on LinkedIn, right? Mm-hmm. So they could reach out to you and express interest or something like that. That, what, that might be a, an easy way to find you. Absolutely. I would love to. I would love to help people around because this really become my mission for my rest of my career, rest of my life. Wonderful. Well, we're so happy to have had your story here on the Immigrant Experience in America, Lucy. Thank you for sharing. Thank you so much, Simone, uh, for giving me this opportunity. One last word, because you asked me about my advice to new immigrants, um, especially women immigrants. In terms of your career, be bold, lean in, be confident. That's all. Yes, very good. Well said. Thank you so much, Lucy. I appreciate your story and getting a, an eye into what life is like in China and what your experience has been here in the United States. We wish you the very best. Thank you, Simon. Yeah, you too. Well, tune in next week for another episode of The Immigrant Experience in America. As this is a new podcast, we welcome any and all support. If you have not done so already, subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. You can also support us by completing a five-star rating and review and sharing our podcast with your friends, family, and circle of influence. <laughs>